Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Jalen White. What's going on? What's up, man? How you doing? Doing good. So he's here to share how he started wholesaling in high school and is now running a massive wholesale operation at the age of just 21? 22. Just uh, turned 22. Just turned 22. But yeah, just crazy, crazy. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, broker owner of Stunning Homes Realty, founder of the OfferFast Homes app, the only app you need for wholesaling. And I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires, so please message me if you need anything at all with your business. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, please give me some thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I don't charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So please, here's all I ask. This is what it costs for you to listen to this show. If you get value today, please tell a friend. Either share this episode right now, tag a friend below, or tell me your best takeaway from the show later on. That way we can all grow together. And don't forget, this is a live show, so please post your questions. Jalen's happy to answer. We got some of the questions from you guys beforehand, but we got uh, uh, this is definitely a Q&A for all you guys that are watching right now. You ready? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So what in the world got you into this back in high school? Well, being broke, first off. Oh, that helps. Everybody sees me and, you know, you see the hair or whatever, and you mm -hmm. just assume that kid has rich parents. Like yeah. every single time I mention I'm in real estate, oh, so your parents are in real estate too? Like, no, I was broke. My parents moved away and I was kind of couch surfing and um, seems like such a long time ago now. But You were couch surfing in high school? Yeah, because they moved away, but I was in love. You know, I'm married okay. now, so I was cool. going to fight my way to stay here you yeah. know, somehow. So I was, yeah, 18. Um, well, 17 even, you know, when wow. they moved. I was looking at my grandma's, and I just started, kind of started sleeping around on her, her parents' couch, friends' couches, stuff like that. And I wanted to make money. I mean, I, I wanted to have a Lamborghini. I was, you know, <laughs> what kind of 18-year-old doesn't have those kind of dreams, you know? Right. Um, and I went to one of the free seminars and by the way, which camera's on? <laughs> I don't want to be looking at it you guys through. like, this guy's crazy. Yeah, um, no. they, 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 they rotate it. Perfect. Yeah. So went to one of those free rich dad, poor dad seminars and okay. just heard about, uh, wholesaling. Her dad actually paid $300 to go to the, to send us to the paid seminar because he's like, you know, you're entrepreneurial. Maybe you guys can buy your first house with what you learn. And he's not rich. He's a truck driver, you know, he's oh, far wow. from being rich, you know? So, so that was a, was a bet on you guys. That was a very big bet. And it's funny too, cause he has an eBay store and I'm about to buy him a, a course for his eBay store to yeah. grow, kind of like return the favor, you know? Right. Um, hopefully it makes a lot of money with that. But um, yeah, so we went there, didn't learn much because obviously they're trying to pitch you on $30,000, $40,000 training, which is respectable. I'm mm -hmm. sure people, you know, kill it with that, but I didn't have the money. So um, I went home, got on YouTube, Sean Terry, obviously, you know, yeah, watched a bunch of these guys and, you know, went to Sean Terry's meetup and just saw it was possible. And obviously I had a lot of late nights like anybody. I'm sure some of you guys may be sitting at home have late nights, like, man, I don't know if real estate's, maybe you're doing deals. You're like, man, I don't know if I want to continue in real right. estate. You know, yeah. we all, we all have those thoughts, you know? And so I was dealing with those, you know, starting out, but I ended up closing my first deal made 12 grand before high school graduation, two days before graduation. It's nuts. So. And then you, and you, you pulled Alex into this too. Yeah. I mean, the dude took massive action. So, yeah. I mean, I guess, um, all he saw was that it was possible. And then thank God he was going to join the Navy. Thank you to everybody who serves our country. Mm -hmm. But I talked him out of it, luckily. And uh, I guess I was kind of decent at sales. <laughs> um, so he didn't go to the Navy. He was going to go to college. Uh, didn't go to college. Look, I mean, crazy to some people. But luckily, he didn't go to college. Now yeah. he's killing it. Um, but yeah, I just remember walking around on campus 
signing all the, getting all the papers signed off to like, you know, graduate by your teachers or whatever. I don't know what they did back in the day, but we had to get papers signed and go to my friends and saying, look, I know people have been talking stuff, but I made it happen. Look at my bank account. You know, I had like 12 grand in my bank. Literally on the amount of the, of the wire that came in is the amount I had in my bank because I had no money. $10 earnest money I borrowed from her dad. Crazy. So this is 14, 2014. 2015, yeah. 2015. May 18th, 2015 was the wow. day I got that wire. So Okay, so let's talk about that first deal. How did you make that happen? So I had done a lot before that. I mean, mm. you see the first deal I talk about, I did 25 bandit signs or 20 bandit signs somewhere around there. And I got a little lucky, obviously, because I got my first two deals from that batch. But it seems lucky because you don't see the four months before that of hours and hours studying YouTube videos hours and hours calling agents. I went on agent appointments, like acting like I knew what I was doing. I had no clue. It might as well have been 125% of the ARV that they were asking. I didn't know, you know, I kind of knew, but I didn't know, no, you know what I mean? So going, screwing up in those situations, making my own bandit signs, screwing up in those situations, you know, um, and not getting any leads and stuff like that. And then I started kind of hustling, trying to make side money Mm because I'll be honest with you guys. I hear like I've got students and stuff. People are like, I don't have a couple hundred bucks a month put into marketing. I'm like, well, you don't have a le- arms and a leg, you know? Yeah. Um, because you literally hustled for 200 bucks a month, put it into marketing, which is what I was doing, and eventually got my first deal. So, awesome. So, bandit signs. Guy called me. ARV was like 100K in Avondale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was asking actually 25, got him down to 15, and sold it for 30 on a double close. So yeah. I paid closing costs. and So – Called you on a bandit sign, right? Yep. Scheduled the appointment. I actually didn't schedule the appointment because he didn't want to go meet at the at the property. He was okay. like, I want 15. I'm like, okay, yeah, where do I send the contract? Yeah. I was ready to close, man. And I tell you, when I heard 15, I was like, I wanted to scream because mm-hmm. I looked at his estimate. It was 96,000, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, it wasn't an easy deal. I had a buyer or two back out actually before that. Learned a few names that I should avoid in the Phoenix market. <laughs> um, Excuse me. A couple people stole a little, a couple grand from me in earnest money that I was supposed to. Literally, the buyer put in earnest money. He then backed out. A guy who said he'd return the earnest money to the buyer, I let it get released to him, and he never gave the earnest money to the buyer. And you know everything were, ended up working out, but it was just it was a mess yeah. learning the right names to deal with. So, <laughs> gosh. So what would you do differently if you were starting over today? Man, I, I'm talking too much, <laughs> but I guess that's the point. Yeah. Um, I would probably go bigger faster, honestly. So okay. in my opinion, if you've been in the business for a year plus and you're still talking to sellers, you love having a job. I mean, you have a full-time job. I don't know if you remember, babe, but I was literally, my wife sitting in the corner here, but I would be in the shower I get a call from direct mail or whatever, Bannon mm-hmm. signs, and I would get out and answer it. Like I'm in the shower. You that is not a life you want to be living, ideally. You know what I mean? It's a high paying job. It's a high paying job, absolutely. So yes, I was making six figures at 18, but I was also living a very stressful life, you know? Right. Um, and I didn't like that. So what I would have done is I would have hired an acquisition manager as soon as I had, you know, 30, 40 grand in the bank mm-hmm. instead of playing it safe. You yeah. know what I mean? And even like I didn't have like a reliable acquisitions f- till like a year and a half ago. So oh, really? for my for like my first two years in the business about I was doing it all myself. 
and friends would tell me, hey, why don't you just continue following up with your own leads? Like, why go through the struggle of finding somebody to do, you know, to talk to your, like even Alex, we were in Sedona and he was like, I was complaining because I was like, man, I, I had an acquisition. He's just not making the calls. I had to fire him, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's like, why don't you just keep doing it yourself? I'm like, well, that's, I don't want to do that. I've been doing this for two years. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So and I think that's also having the right friends, right? Like exactly. Alex is a beast and he's Absolutely. crushing it now. But a year and a half ago, you guys were still business, becoming business owners exactly. versus just, um, uh, you're, you're doing it yourself versus right. having people to do it for you. And exactly. I actually had a good conversation with a friend a couple of days ago talking about like, you know, you're taking that leap now where it's about people exactly. and systems yep. versus talking to Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, very yeah. cool. And that's what I always try to say. You know, I'm very upfront about the way I run my business and, you know, I have a personal brand or whatever online. And I'm like, dude, if you want to get to 100, 200K a year in wholesaling, it's easy. It's mm -hmm. very simple. When you want to get past that, get to half a million, a million dollars a year, you're dealing with a lot more people, the processes, leadership. It's a different skill set than yeah. answering the phone, following a script with a motivated seller. You know, it's, it's a different world. Absolutely. And leadership is one of my favorite topics to discuss. So uh, what do you attribute your success to? Man, I would say relentlessness to chase the goals. Um, yeah. You know, I got clear on what I wanted and I took the action. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of people, they don't look at their numbers and their like uh, their measurable action. They might say, well, you know, I tried bandit signs, but it didn't work out. Okay, how many did you put out a week? How many leads did you get? Mm -hmm. How many of those in incoming calls did you answer live? How many of them went to voicemail and you never got a hold of? Because probably if it went to voicemail, someone like me when I was 18, 19, just getting in the business, closing deals, mm -hmm. would answer the phone on a live call, got the contract an hour later. Right. And that happened multiple times. Well, there's more than one bandit sign yeah. in every corner. Yes, and I attribute a lot of it to um, you know my faith. You know, yeah. to be honest, I don't know how many people come on here and talk about their faith, but I'm a lot big. I'm big and I believe in Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior. And yeah. I've spent a lot of nights praying. And I've noticed, honestly, that m when I tithe the most, mm -hmm. that's when I have my biggest months. It's just, it's weird. There's probably at least one person shaking your head like saying, man, don't go there again. But I'm telling you, just giving, it will change the trajectory of your life and where your business is going. And when I've had the months where I'm like not giving and I'm just like, oh, you know, I, I don't need to, you know, this month is, you know, I don't need to give anything. You know, mm -hmm. we gave so much last month, I, things slow down, you know? Right. So kind of, we try to be very giving now. We were just shopping uh, at the mall and instead of like shopping for ourselves, we go do the, the orm, you know, the kids, mm -hmm. what's, yeah. it, what's it called? Uh, I think something angel, angel or so. Yeah, Christmas angels. Yeah. yeah, so we go shopping for these kids and. I mean, it's not trying to make us, I wasn't going to mention that, but we're talking about giving and it just feeds your soul. It yeah. helps you. I don't know. It helps you take that next, you know, that next level. The world works in mysterious ways. Absolutely. So yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, so obviously you're, you're doing well in one of the most competitive markets in the whole country. I don't do Phoenix anymore. Oh, you don't do Phoenix no, anymore? No, I haven't okay. done Phoenix since like 2016. Okay. So... Maybe I should talk about that. <laughs> so what markets are you in then? So I'm in Memphis. We mm. also do deals in LA and we just added in some marketing in Wisconsin because I told you we moved there. Yeah, yeah. And we're here for the winter, not in Arizona. We're actually going to LA, but okay. you know, I just had some family uh, stuff dealing with and just kind of you know spending time with family, getting everything straightened out in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. We live there full time now. It's beautiful. I love it. Different ball games, slower, you know. Yeah. It's nice. Um, so yeah. So 
that actually leads to the next question because Andrew LeBaron wanted to know what software are you using or how are you comping out-of-state properties? Dude, it's very simple. Zillow and Redfin. I mean, people, well, number one, probably there's a couple people are going to comment. You can't use Zillow to comp properties accurately, but probably because you're not using the map filter where mm-hmm. you can actually like look at, you know, uh, last 90 days, last six, uh, last what is it? 180 days. Yeah. I haven't eaten again. So my <laughs> mind's like, I, we ordered Uber and somebody stole it off the front. So it's like, I just wasn't meant to eat today. You know, <laughs> I'll wait. But, um, you know, it's very easy. Redfin's got the mapping feature as well. Redfin for us, we've noticed has a lot more pictures in certain markets mm-hmm. than Zillow. Like Zillow might ha- not have the MLS pictures that came. But Zillow sure as heck does have the comps. It's mm-hmm. got the sold price. We don't look at Zestimate. You know, we don't make our offer off the Zestimate. That's <laughs> foolish. Right. But we do comp with Zillow and with Redfin when there's not enough pictures on Zillow. But it gets to the point where, like in Memphis, we know uh, 38118 on a 3-1, we need to be somewhere around, you know, 25 to 35, depending on, you know, what condition it's in. Mm-hmm. So you start to know what zip code, what price points we'll you need to be in. We'll start doing enough deals there. Yeah. I mean, it gets, honestly... Again, going back to one of the things I do differently, I wouldn't jump around so many markets as well. So mm-hmm. once I learned that you could do deals in another market easily over the phone, which Memphis was the first market I did that in, I mm-hmm. started doing everywhere. Houston, I've, I've done deals in Houston. I've done deals in, uh, dude, I, I'm drawing a blank, but I've done deals in many, many big markets yeah. that I shouldn't have been involved in. And I would go a month or two in a market, do pretty good, get like a 5x return on my marketing, be like, okay, let me go to another market, see if I can get a 10x. <laughs> when in reality, if I just build the buyer base, build more strategic partnerships, I could have been at a 20x, you know, in, in a year. Right. So that's what I would have changed is I would have dug my, my heels deep in even doing virtual in Phoenix, yeah. you know, because virtual to me is just not going to the property. Right. You could do it in the same market, you know. Exactly. Uh, so... Um, what are the challenges ex- experiencing in the in the current market? So for us, honestly, I obviously lead flow is always going to be one of the biggest challenges, mm-hmm. but we do a lot of cold calling. Like I have a team of cold callers and sometimes it gets getting too many leads. So finding quality people is the hardest thing. Um, me, I build my- Quality dialers. Well, quality dialers is actually easier for us. Okay. It's quality acquisitions to follow up with the leads who okay. are relentless. Because gotcha. you need somebody on the phone for 40, 50, 60 hours a week if mm-hmm. you're going to be getting these deals. Because these are people who probably aren't going to answer the phone on your first, second, third, fourth, fifth time calling after you got them as a lead. You know, we're yeah. talking after they already talked to somebody from your team. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes a lot of follow up. And I'm sure you've probably heard that or maybe you do some cold calling. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's a different beast. So. Right finding good acquisitions who fit my model because I'm not out here claiming to be the biggest dog. I'm not trying to do 30 deals a month. I'm not mm-hmm. even trying to do 15 deals a month. We do four to eight deals a month consistently, yeah. put money in my bank account, and I live a very stress-free life. You know, you hear, you hear the laptop lifestyle. That's how I wanted to build my business. The what's that? Laptop lifestyle. Laptop lifestyle. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's how I wanted to build my business. And so I don't want to have an office to show up to every day, mm-hmm. you know, and even I was, I pay 35 grand a year to be a part of this mastermind with Mark Evans. And I was talking, you know, guys, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe I should open an office or something. They're like, but why? You know, Mark does a lot of deals. I don't know if you heard of him. I know of him. Alex talked about him. Yeah. The deal maker. Yeah. <laughs> Love the guy. He's awesome. Um, but he was like, a lot of people just think going big, but ask yourself why. And I'm like, I can't figure out why. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't want to do 20, 30 deals a month with an office and 10 employees. 
I want this business to fund other dreams that we're doing. Yeah. She's got a big YouTube channel. We want to have a beauty line that she can grow to a billion dollar business. You know, we want to do, I like, you know, that I don't really consider myself a coach. I have a course and a YouTube mm-hmm. channel, but I like doing the personal brand, inspiring people. And I like traveling, you know, and right. just spending quality time with my wife. That's important to me. So, you know, some people play a different game, but again, for me, even, you know, with this model, it's people, right. finding people who can work consistently from home. Uh, so, you know, Jamil, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he wants to know how you manage to kill real estate and your hair at the same time. Dude, the only reason I kill my hair is because of this forehead. I mean, come on, dude. If you had a forehead like that, you'd have hair coming down you know, fa- your face as well. So I would love to have one of those slick. I'd love to have hair like that gelled up, you know, but I just got a big forehead, big white forehead. So I'm kind of in a trap. All right. So uh, Jordan McCoy wants to know, are, so are your cold callers in-house, U.S., virtual assistants? Well, we actually have been testing a different thing. So mainly we've done all Filipino. Mm-hmm which they're good. You know, you follow a simple script. Yeah. I always tell people it's not rocket science to ask a seller if they want to sell their home. You right. know, um, it's really not. It's easy. Um, but we have been testing. Uh, so my acquisition and my deal coordinator, which I'm sure we'll talk about mm-hmm. they're they both reside in El Salvador, but they're both U.S. born. And okay. my acquisitions actually grew up in the Bronx, graduated high school there, but they moved away to be closer to family. Okay. And so they told me, Jay, we got so many people here, but they don't have consistent people to work for. You treat us so well, you pay us on time, you, you know, we're doing deals together all the time. We know that it's consistent. We've been, they've been with me for almost a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we start trying to bring on some callers, you know, right. cause we, they see that they see the leads that the Filipinos are putting in. Mm-hmm. They're good at getting leads, mm-hmm. but they're not good at, uh, like making sure the leads are quality, you know what right. I mean? So we've been testing those and those actually been doing really well. We have four El Salvador uh, callers mm-hmm. and they've been doing really well for us. So I'm excited to kind of scale that out, maybe take out the Filipinos. Um, again, not that they're bad. It's a great place to start, especially mm-hmm. when you're on a budget. Yeah. Um, you know, and if you're, you've got 10, 15 callers, you got acquisitions, you can kill it with Filipinos, no doubt about it. We've right. been doing well with them for the past year. Well, almost year and a half now. Um, but these guys are, you know, on another level. So, so when we're talking about, you know, in the Philippines, it's like four or five, $6 an hour, five fifty an hour, 30 hours a week. Um, typically expect at least 10 leads a week from them, 20 mm-hmm. leads a week for our Filipinos, because we delete half of them because ARV's 200, they're asking 250, you know, it's like, it's not a lead. Right. And so that's one of the things with the new callers is we're deleting maybe 10% of the leads. Mm. Even I do a daily huddle with my team. And the other day we, we did it first day we had these new leads coming through, they're like, Jay, we noticed you're not deleting as many leads. I'm like, yeah, man, it's like, you know, the leads are more quality. They're paying so, a little bit more attention. So yeah. so in, in El Salvador, how much are you paying those guys? Eight bucks an hour. Eight bucks an hour. Yeah, same 30 hours a week time limit. Mm-hmm. Reason I put a time limit is because if you don't, uh, some people are like, why not get 40 hours, you know, max them out. I'm like, dude, have you talked on the phone? Try cold calling 40 hours For a week. 40 hours? Yeah. It's like, you're going to end up paying for their lunch break. You're going to, it's going to bring your cost per lead down and they're not going to have a job. Well, you're you not know? just paying for their lunch breaks, but those additional 10 hours is crap right. work. Right. Yeah. It's terrible. It diminishes greatly. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd almost rather have them working 20 hours, but that's kind of not a full-time job, you know? Yeah. So 30 hours is just enough to be a full-time job. And also, I the way I structure it is when I say 550 to the Philippines, that's my cost. Mm-hmm. I pay a manager who then hires a Filipino. So maybe he's paying them four dollars. Mm-hmm. He's making the, the difference. I don't ask him. And same same model with the El Salvador uh, 
model. I told yeah. George, look, um, well, Natalia is mainly the one managing it because she's very detail oriented. Um, but I told them, look, you guys manage them. You can make a spread. You know, I know the going rate is probably six, seven bucks there. You guys can make a dollar or two per hour on these guys. Just mm -hmm. make sure they're delivering, make sure they're getting you leads. And, and George, if you slack on calls, it's, you know, we're done. You know, I'm going to hire right. another manager. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we have our KPIs, you know, I, we know what to stick to. So awesome. Uh, and then, uh, Brian Salmon wants to know how many cold callers do you have? So right now we have seven. Um, I, like I said, we actually, I was at like 12 at one point and the lead flow got way too crazy. Like if anybody were on my Instagram too, if anybody follows my Instagram, some days we were getting like 70 leads, which is crazy for one acquisition. So like yeah. I said, people. Um, so I haven't actively started hiring in acquisitions cause I'm trying to decide if I want to use more El Salvador mm -hmm. uh, people, like maybe someone who, one of George's neighbors or friends or who he believes is a good salesperson or find someone more local because I've have had local, many local people who, even when I had an office, I had people who weren't performing, but not having an office, dude, it's like one minute they're up next week. They're like, you know, they're only doing like a hundred calls and they're supposed to do 300, you know? Right. So, I'm kind of trying to juggle that. It's um, a tough balance. And I know that's something that's uh, that's been pretty consistent amongst a lot of the uh, wholesalers in our market. Right. Like they're like, well, how are you doing? How are you doing it? Exactly. And everyone's got different theories. Exactly. Everybody runs their business different. I think that's the beauty of it because yeah. everybody's got different purposes. So, yeah. That's that's cool. Uh, so Brian Sams wants to know also, uh, how many numbers are you loading into the dialer at a time per caller? So each caller gets typically 5,000 numbers a month mm -hmm. and they call through that two, maybe three times. Um, next month we give a new list. We rest that previous 5,000 for 30 days. So okay. also you want to keep in mind, you're supposed to scrub mobile numbers and DNC numbers when you're calling in an auto dialer. So mm. just, you know, keep that in mind for anybody watching. Supposed to scrub mobile, mobile numbers. Yeah, you are. Hmm. Uh, so sourcing deals. So you, I heard you say cold calling. So uh, yeah. Are you still doing bandit size or primary? Yeah, we actually, uh, we have a ship. I just texted uh, my bandit sign guy. We have a yeah. shipment of 2000 going back. We're trying to do about 2000 a month yeah. um, in Memphis. So right. um, I'm excited about that. We haven't gotten up to 2000 a month yet because I had to find somebody who can put them out consistently because mm -hmm. obviously, you know, I'm not in Memphis. So, <laughs> you know, if we can systemize that, I've always noticed I got one to three deals from 500 signs, yeah. no matter what. And 500 signs cost me about two $2 a sign for the sign cost and to put them out. Um, so hopefully, you know, that's pretty good. Our actually. numbers can hit it. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I haven't done bandit signs consistently for like a year and a half. And I'm realizing all my students with like not a lot of money, I'm recommending bandit signs because I know the power of them mm -hmm. in, you know, in the right city in San Francisco, maybe they don't work, but, <laughs> right. but one of my, one of my students actually got like a hundred K deal from bandit signs in a very, I'm not going to mention it for his privacy. Mm -hmm. He asked me not to, he had a very big month. He asked me not to talk about it. But a high end like, area. He made like 350 grand in one month. Um, and he, it's his first like six months in or seven or eight <laughs> months in. Um, and he told me not to share it, but yes, in a high end area, he made a lot of money from bandit signs. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to scale that now because that could add another five deals a month without yeah. much headache, you know, another systemizable, you know, marketing stream. So those are the two it's cold calling and bandit signs. Yeah. Okay. And then the cold calling, uh, everyone calls different lists. I know for us, we call a lot of pre foreclosures. What do you call? Sure. So I'm not into the small niche list, especially mm -hmm. in markets like, you know, uh, just smaller markets, Wisconsin, Tennessee, yeah. stuff like that. I like absentee high equity. I like no data list. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've heard of that. 
No, I've not heard of no data okay, list. No data list is like unknown sales price and unknown equity. Mm. So basically you get a lot of people who just signed it over in their family or some, stuff like that. It's just messier deals. Mm -hmm. So some title issues come up, but yeah. it's just, you know, great profit deals and not a lot of people. But see. more opportunity if it's cloudy exactly. or it's interesting. Exactly. And then tax delinquent went from Rebo Gateway. They actually mm -hmm. have a tool called Title Toolbox that I've spent not too much money in per se, because it's an investment, but mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of money on title toolbox. And then obviously, you know, we do our absentee and we, we will do blanket in the zip codes that we love to do. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so you mentioned, uh, you got your, your cold callers and you got your acquisition managers. Yeah. Um, one acquisition, one George, acquisition. Yeah. Um, and what's he responsible for? He's just managing the, the leads. Yeah. So he's got to make 300 calls a week. Mm -hmm. And, uh, typically I like to see at least eight contracts sent out. Um, that, will end up being like three to four contracts back. And after you, we get about 25% that go dead because you know, they're crap, you know, yeah. it's not the same. We do all of our contracts before we spend the money to send somebody out to the property. Mm -hmm. So if it's a crap property, then obviously we have to cancel the contract and or get a reduction. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of time we just have to cancel it because in that situation, a better price wouldn't help. You know, it's, yeah. it's like in an area where a new build doesn't work, you know, mm -hmm. ARV's under a hundred. Um, so yeah, uh, he's making 300 calls, sent out eight contracts and, uh, we like to see at least three to four back some weeks. He's only sends out five, you know, it's not all roses, you know, our worst yeah. month, you know, we were doing like three deals and we've had, you know, eight, nine month, de uh, nine deal months too. So, okay. And then uh, I heard you say deal coordinator. Yeah. Deal coordinator. So she transaction coordinator. Um, what do other people Alex call Alex says hi. What's up, Alex? How you doing, bro? Um, so deal coordinator, basically her job is to deal with the title company. She takes incoming calls from our email blasts. Um, she does a lot, like all the organizational stuff. Like mm -hmm. we have a closing on Monday. She organizes everything. She makes sure that the inspections are done. So she schedules the inspections, gets the pictures back, makes sure our inspector gets paid. He's not a licensed inspector. He just goes to take pictures. Consultant. Yeah, exactly. Um, so make sure he gets paid. She lined up the guy to do bandit signs for us, um, which he's amazing. Mm -hmm. By the way, find great people who you can trust and pay yeah. him well. I mean, we'll pay him bonuses when he's, do it's the same guy does our inspections. We'll pay him bonuses. We make sure he's happy because if you shortchange people, people are going to shortchange you on the effort. You know that, what I mean? That or they'll leave. And yeah. it's just, so it's never any fun. Uh, Eric Martinez wants to know what filters you're using in your title toolbox. Um, so title toolbox, obviously we use tax delinquent a lot mm -hmm. in there. Um, otherwise we pull our absentee now since you buy it in, you know, 60,000 or 30,000 chunks. Mm -hmm. So most tax delinquent lists don't get that big in any market. Um, I think the biggest we pull is like LA where it's like 20,000 people. I can't remember the exact numbers, but it's what we use now instead of list source at three yeah. cents a pop since we already paid for it. So right. just, you know, if, is that Eric Martinez that asked that? Yeah. Eric, watch the course. He's in my course. Watch <laughs> the course. I mean, people are like, you know, they're asking, do you have any, like, no, I show what I do, you know, in the course, you know? And just a plug, you know, uh, my buddy went through that course. He's like, well, you know, he could have charged a lot more for this course. It was one of the best values I got. Wow. I appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I'm like, cause I don't know if you knew, but I was around like Ty Lopez and mm -hmm. all these kind of guys yeah. and Sean Terry. And I was like, super excited to be like this mini celebrity underneath their coaching. Mm -hmm. And now I started a coaching program. I got these mini celebrities coming up, you know, everyone's hitting them up like, Hey, let's partner up on deals and stuff. Right, you right. know, I have like a handful of students who are doing all these deals. I'm like impact. Like it's crazy. You know, Well, that's the best part. It's amazing, man. Yeah. Like people under 25 making six figures, like 
you don't really see, you see that in the e-commerce niche because there's a lot of people who like share their gold, mm-hmm. but not in the real estate space, you no. know, so. Yeah, and that was pretty cool what you and, and Alex are both doing. Yeah. Uh, so disposition, do you have? That's the deal coordinator. That's the deal so coordinator. So she, okay. uh, she handles all the incoming calls from buyers. She deals with the buyers who are pissed off because they didn't get the deal because they like didn't put the right thing in the contract or they try to like we have you know how it goes like sometimes your buyer will agree to your terms then they'll send you a different contract trying to get away with something it's like no sorry man non-refundable earnest money seven day close so she puts them in place you know mm-hmm. um also property management because we close on on actually uh, a good number of our deals now mm-hmm. like instead of just straight assigning them not that that's bad but you can maximize it if you have a longer timeline stuff like that um, oh, so you are taking deals down now? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Okay. So um, she'll deal with like property management company if we've got a tenant in there who we need to get a lease signed, stuff like that. So she handles all the intricate details of disposition. So Awesome. Uh, and then uh, Derek wants to know, are you still using Podio? Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of other like investor views is in Podio, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the other one? FreedomSoft. But yeah. You know, to be honest, I've got a simple setup on Podio. I went, you know, I always recommend if you're getting less than like 100 leads a week, use something like InvestorPo or InvestorFuse. So you have that auto follow-up, mm-hmm. especially if you're a one-man show because follow-up's king, you know, in the business. So um, I wish I'd used a program like that when I was doing my own follow-up. Yeah. We all think we're the best at like talking to sellers at doing <laughs> our, and then you realize, man, like you're at 50% capacity cause you're running every other part of your business. Right. You know, you need some sort of auto auto follow-up tool in there to make the calls when you frankly didn't make the calls you yeah. know, when you're supposed to. So. Well, someone, it's a, like a safety net behind. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are the major KPIs that you're tracking? So, we have quite a few, but when you break it down, I don't know how many of you guys, I got this from Sean Terry. You know, I, I use his layout of scorecard. Shout out to him. I'm sure mm-hmm. he has plenty of YouTube videos on that. Um, but when you break it down, it really comes down to cost per lead, leads per contract and profit per deal. Yeah. So we want to know, you know, how much does it cost to get a lead that, t- you know, how many leads to get a contract? How much does it cost to get us a deal and how, how much do we make? So And who's tracking the KPIs in your organization? So Natalia typically fills out a bulk of them. I fill out my few like the marketing spent because she doesn't obviously look at my AMX and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I have a bookkeeper, but they don't do month to month. I literally hand them the statements at the end of the year and they're yeah. like, you know, getting work done. But I need to start having a bookkeeper month to month. Um, that's probably my next hire I need to make because yeah. um, at the end of the year, it's just she works probably 12 hours a day getting that done, you know, <laughs> but she knows it's a good payday for her, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, she fills in all the stuff. And then I fill in the four mate or I guess three majors. There's one major I'm forgetting about. Oh, it's average contract to close. So mm-hmm. how long does it take to close? You know, when we first get the deal under contract to closing with the buyer. So mm-hmm. how long did it actually take that deal cycle? That way, you know, kind of, if your average deal cycle is say 21 days, ours is typically around 14 days from when we get the contract to when we close the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember our exact numbers. Um, I know the other three. I, yeah. I can talk about those if you want. But that way you know you can allocate your marketing budget. Per se, if you know it takes you 21 days to get a deal and you have 10 grand in the bank, but you want to go big, you drop say five or six grand on marketing mm-hmm. and you kind of know in, you know, if you do direct mail seven days, it'll hit, you'll get leads. And 21 days from that, you will get essentially a check, you know, right. if you're past, 
you know, record predicts the future, which often it does. So yeah, well, that's the that's the power of knowing your KPIs. Yeah, and we don't, to be honest, that's that fourth one. We don't really track that one too well, but we do try to, because I don't have like a. I had a developer work in there, but it mm. didn't really work out that well. Yeah. So there's a lot of things I can still improve in my business, you know. So right. we don't track that KPI as well as we should, because it's a little harder too. Oh yeah. Um. So one of the things we talked about was you guys do. Um, I mean, you have your, your course. Are there any other services that you guys offer? Mm-hmm. I know like there's different wholesalers have different things that they've. No, I mean, you know, everybody hates on the course, mm-hmm. but everybody's selling something. Everyone's got a software. People are hating got, on the course, really? Well, I mean, you, you know, people, that's one of the reasons I was afraid to make a course because people are hating on people who have a course. You're a coach, you're blah, blah, blah. If you're still, still doing deals, it's not like I'm spending 40 hours a week on the phone with people. I'm changing people's lives through videos that I recorded. Yeah. You know? That's That was the best way to do it for me. But people take pride in not making a course. Everyone's got an ego, you know? So That's weird. Um, it is weird. But <laughs> that's one of the things that I was very afraid to come out and make a course. Everyone's hitting me up because they see your YouTube videos. They're wondering, right. what does this guy do? And, you know, I've, I've done podcasts and stuff. And everybody's like, man, what does he do? Right. So that's what it took me, like, I probably spent six months considering, should I actually make a YouTube channel? Should I then make a course? Is everyone gonna make fun of me? Truth is, I don't lie about where I'm at in my business. Like, you know, I'm pretty upfront with what's going on. And if you're deceptive about it, then it's a problem. If you're a uh, coach who says you do deals and you don't, then it's yeah. a problem, but. And we know there are th- some of those out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so monthly marketing budget, do you have a budget? Yeah, so I just actually looked at our numbers. We're this month we're probably gonna spend about eleven thousand, um, mm-hmm. give or take a few. I'm always it always ends up being more than I <laughs> like than I had, you know, more allocated. Uh, allocated, you know, yeah. so for December we'll we'll spend about eleven thousand. Probably end up around thirteen yeah. if I know, you know, what typically happens. Um, and that's between bandit signs, cold calling, our list costs and stuff like that. So Okay. Uh, and then uh, total monthly overhead. Well, then we got, um, I pay each of my people $12 an hour, my deal coordinator and acquisitions, $12 an hour, plus my deal coordinator gets 3% of the assignment fee. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if we close on it, she gets 150 on the buy side and 150 on the sell side. Acquisitions, if it's under 20,000, um, he's gonna get 5%, or no, actually 8%, sorry. Um, if it's b- above 20,000, he gets 10%, so. cool. And I hope I hope I'm remembering those numbers right, because yeah. like I said, I didn't eat. My mind is like all over the place right now, and he'll probably be hitting me up like Jay. I saw that, and I want my 10. percent We need a raise. No, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's, it was either five to eight or eight to ten. But typically, you know, our deals are under twenty thousand because we're in Memphis, so yeah. typically paying. I think it was eight percent. So well, actually, that's a that's a good point because I I think around here the target's like ten to thirteen. Yeah. What's the target in Memphis? Well, our average is about nine thousand, but like we're closing at twenty-two thousand on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, the thing with Memphis is we were kind of going on a dual pronged approach. So like I made a hundred grand on the deal in LA. I'm like I'm gonna keep hitting LA, you know. Yeah. So I was like, well, let's get the Memphis turnkey deals where we make seven to ten k, really easy. You can do four of those a month, pretty simple in these specific zip codes, mm-hmm. and then hit the big deals in LA. Honestly, at some point it just becomes, let's go deep in the market. So we actually are planning on cutting out our LA marketing because you know, you never know when you're gonna get a deal. You know, honestly, we get a deal every couple months in LA. It's not very consistent, even though I'm spending good money there. And I mostly because our focus is not dedicated to the market. You see, if you know you can sell a property in Brent or Brentwood or Mount Washington or whatever Mm -hmm. for a certain price, you offer a little bit more, you get that deal. But we don't know that per se because LA is such a big market. We haven't, you know, 
Memphis is smaller, so we can narrow down the zip codes. What price do we need to get it at? Yeah. LA is a lot crazier size-wise. And Your it buyer harder. list is going to be different. It's a lot more complicated. It's a lot more complicated. So that's kind of one of my goals. Again, like I said, my problem is I go to a market knowing I can get a deal there. It's kind of almost like a curse, you know, knowing I can easily do a deal there in the first 30 days. Mm-hmm. We did a deal in Seattle, Washington, and I was like, that's when, like, that was earlier in 2018, like mm-hmm. probably March or something. And I was like, man, it was a good size deal, but it's time to just focus. You know, yeah. I was at a mastermind and I was like, yeah, guys, I'm going to focus. And we have focused, um, but cool. not as much as we need to. So, uh, Brian Sammons wants to know how, who are you using to skip trace your data? Mm. Everybody and their mother has a skip tracing company now, but mm-hmm. I use need to skip. Need to skip. Uh, yeah, I have nothing to do with the company. I, I don't have any affiliation or actually yeah. I'm an affiliate, but obviously I don't really care to, yeah. <laughs> you know, put out a code or something like that. Um, but need to skip is great. I okay. use them and I get really great contact rates. If you do cold calling, you want to see at least a 10% contact rate. So you call, you know, say your caller does 3000 dials in the week. You mm-hmm. want to see them at least talk to thir- uh, 300. So about 10%. If you get any below that, any below five is, you know, you need to switch the list out ASAP anywhere mm-hmm. between five and 10. It's kind of like, well, if you're still hitting your numbers, it's okay. Um, anything above 10 means your numbers are insane. They're yeah. really good, you know? Yeah. So I typically get above 10 first time we call on a need to skip list. So cool. huge cool. shout out to them. Uh, so Jude wants to know, where would you recommend to get virtual acquisitions people? So I use outbounders.com mm-hmm. um, and I forget who I heard that from. I think it was Brent Daniels, maybe a, a year and a half ago or something mm-hmm. like threw it out there. And I was like, hey, I'm gonna go check it out. Right. And I went through a couple bad apples, you know? you. W- I don't know if you had to say, I don't, how many acquisitions do you have? Uh, I mean, right now we just got two callers. Okay, cool. Three callers. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have tried hiring acquisitions, they're like, you will go through a lot. You know what I mean? We've had pretty good turnover. Yeah. You want to hire at least two to three at a time. So that's yeah. what I've always done. And now I have one that I really like, but it didn't start as one. It started as three, you mm-hmm. know, and a couple fell off. Um, and yeah, I would say Outbounders, Upwork, and Indeed. Indeed, surprisingly, you can find a lot of people in the United States who are willing, obviously, who want to work virtually, mm-hmm. you know, and some people like the commission only deal. I kind of don't run that route just because I already had the way I was paying my guys from the start. Yeah. So it kind of sucks to go, hey, guys, you know, I'm going to take away your 2000 a month, you know, and if we're not making that money, you're going to be fired anyways. So it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> kind of like why switch it back? You know, I pay a lower commission percentage. Most people pay 10 to 15 percent. Mm-hmm pay a little lower, like I said, 8%. Um, and you know, I pay them an hourly fee. So if we're not making money, like I said, and I'm paying two grand roughly to them on their hourly fee, they should be fired. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like I save a little bit money. So right now, you know, you're in multiple markets, uh, and you don't have an office. So is everyone that's dialing in Wisconsin or are they throughout the country? No, I don't have anybody in the U S right now. So like I said, uh, my oh, okay. acquisitions and my deal coordinator are in El Salvador. Okay. The four callers that they helped me bring on, who they're now managing part-time. Managing, when I say managing, they're not working 20 hours a week managing these people. Mm-hmm. They're just, if I tell them a change needs to be made, they get on the phone with them and make sure the change is made. You know what I mean? What about so your deal coordinator? She is organizational. She's also in El Salvador. So okay. she helps with, you know, the callers as okay. well. Cool. In fact, more than George, you know, he's kind of more the sales guy. She's kind of the one that makes sure they're making their calls, hitting their numbers. Yeah. And that just takes a quick glance from her. 
you know. It's pretty good to have an admin remotely. Dude, an admin is so important. And that's kind of what she became. Mm-hmm. At first, I just wanted a disposition, somebody to send out deals, filter buyers and deal with that. But it, she became an admin, someone who is okay with dealing with lists, setting doctor's appointments at points, you know. She doesn't really do much of that for me. Right. She literally said, Jay, if you need anything from me, you know, uh, I'll set doctor's appointments and she is on point. So she does right. all the research. For example, we have problems with properties with uh, that were sold at tax sale, so we can't get title insurance. She goes and makes sure they weren't bought at tax sale as soon as we get the contract or before we send the contract a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. See, it's funny. I don't know a lot about my business because I'm so not connected. They're literally running the show. I mean, right. it's pretty amazing. And that's a business though. Exactly. And that's what I was afraid of, honestly. But I got connected with Mark and he's got a legit COO and a big team and stuff. And he literally knows nothing about it. Like if you talk to him, you might think he does no deals, but then you see his deal board and you see his employees and stuff. And you realize he just, he's, his team's running it. He's right. a business owner. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I need to hire a strategic person. I've got a lot going on, you know, at 22 and I need to make a lot of changes in my business to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. I know that, but I'm, like I said, my why was to make a half million a year from real estate with minimal amounts of effort, minimal amounts of stress. And, you know, that's coming to fruition, you know? That's cool. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. It sounds cliche, but, you know. Uh, so, and then um, uh, Max Mendes wants to know, how do you initially train your virtual assistants or your, your, your dialers? Yeah. So same way we train the deal coordinator and the acquisitions. On Dropbox, we've got like a anywhere from a five to 15 video sequence, starting Mm -hmm. from one, two, three, where they watch all the videos and by the end of it, they understand. Well, some of the videos are from the course, actually. You know, it's pretty crazy. I literally do use some of the videos from the course, like how to run ARV, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is in there and like, well, she has my phone, but I could pull it up right now and maybe show it. Um, But it's literally step one through like eight and then the callers have that same sequence as just step one through five. I know that because we just train new people. Um, well, I didn't train them. George sent them the Dropbox link. A lot of them had already experienced dialing and we got them started. So awesome. Uh, so one of the things I get, uh, from time to time is like, there's no way a seller's willing to sell it to you that cheap. I know. Right. That's a crazy question. What do you have to say about that? Well, first off, I'll say, have some faith, Mm -hmm. you little one. You know, I say (laughs) that all, all the time to myself, have some faith. When I got that call from the bandit sign, from that person asking, 25,000, then talk down to 15. Instantly, all that disbelief was gone. You know, if you believe that, you're not doing enough marketing. Because Mm -hmm. to be honest, a lot of our deals, they're already asking, excuse me, the price that we need to make it work. My biggest deals I've done, 160, 70, those deals are from people who are already asking the price. In fact, a lot of the time, we come and offer a little bit more just to get them to sign. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe a lot more, you know sometimes a hundred grand more, um, in the, in the LA market. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I'll say is do more marketing, talk to more people. And when somebody tells you they've got a price that's below what you would have offered, go make the deal happen. Go yeah. be a closer and don't be a penny pincher. If you know, you're going to make 80,000 on the deal, but they're, they don't quite want to sign with you where you'll make 80. See if you can get them where you'll make 75, you right. know, I mean, be fair. Obviously you don't want to rip people off. It will come back to you and, you know, be fair with your offers and be courteous and solve problems and people yeah. will, will sign the contract and you will come across those people. And it's funny, like, th- cause I've asked this question a couple of times, like, no, what's the trick? What's the secret? It's like, there's no secret. Like there's not, they just, this is what they want. And, uh, Brent, we were talking about earlier, Brent Dan, he says like his biggest deals, 
have been with, he'll make an offer. They're like, no, no, that's more than I need. Please, this is all I need. Exactly. And it's nuts, right? Yeah, people, and there's probably some skeptics who are watching this, and they're like, you know, I don't believe that's possible. But yeah. it is. It's crazy. You work enough. You yeah. work hard enough. Uh, so we already talked about Podio. Are there any other tools or systems you couldn't live without? Yes. Um, so I use something called Cash Buyer Data Feed from Real Estate Wealth Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use a system called reverse wholesaling, not like hardcore, but we like to know what our cash buyers actually paying in that zip code. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So cash buyer data feed, I think we pay 49 bucks a month or something cheap. And we don't actually export the list, but when we get a lead coming in, we can instantly go. And like I said, this is how you get, become an expert in the zip codes. We can instantly go to the zip code and say, okay, this LLC buyer, and you'll see a lot of the buyers you see who are repeat buyers, those will eventually be like some of your big powerhouse buyers. You know what yeah. I mean? So we use that tool to go in there, look at what price they're paying, and figure out where we can sell a property. That way it's not guessing. Mm-hmm. See, I think a lot of newbies, even people who are experienced, been in the game for a year or two years, they still guess a lot you know, as to what they think they can disposition a deal for. If yeah. you're using a tool like that to go and actually see what people are paying, you're not guessing. And that's what I realized. I was selling deals in the Phoenix market to people like Jamil, you know, who know their numbers. They know what buyers are paying in every zip code. Yeah. And I'd sell it to them. They make 15 grand on top of mine because they knew the numbers. Right. I didn't know the numbers. I was just guessing. And when I got a for sure offer where I know these guys will close, even if they don't reassign the deal or whatever, mm-hmm. I always wanted to do business with them. Now it's about becoming that person who knows the numbers and the zip codes. And right. gradually people will start bringing you deals where before you might say, well, I'm not sure about that. And you don't want to be the person who, you know, JVs with them because maybe you don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, your numbers, yeah. you're ready to like put yourself on the line and say, and literally sign a purchase agreement with them to get the deal done. Cause worst case scenario, you close with your own cash and you know, sell it and make, you know, instead of making a 10% margin on the property, hundred grand, you make 10, you might make five. All right. That's deal flow. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's what sure. I'm trying to move towards is being that expert in each zip code. So people literally bringing me deals and we're getting deals from our marketing. And instead of making nine grand, we're making 15 grand because we literally know the exact buyer and the exact zip code. So, and that's something you can't really implement working in different markets. That's why we literally have decided like, let's just bat in the hatches, you know? And I keep, I say it like every couple months, let's bat in the hatches, let's get focused, (laughs) but I never do it. So I'm literally, I've been focused on, yeah, we all deal with it. We all have shiny object syndrome, right? I mean, it's a problem. Um, so yeah. Okay. Um, and you talked about taking deals down. So then, you know, how are you funding your deals? Cash, cash, my own cash, your own cash. Yeah. I mean, I have a private lender who Mm -hmm. he'll fund typically, it depends on the area, but you see, you're afraid of private lenders a lot of time, not you, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people, myself included, I was so like, how do I work private lenders? There's no way they'll give me a hundred percent of the property value. It's like, if you're out marketing, finding your own deals, a lot of the times you can actually convince them to pay you more than the pro or lend you more than what you're buying the property for and get the rehab funds as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't do any rehabs. When I say take down deals, I literally sell it a couple weeks after close on it. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get a big open house, create a uh, bidding, you know, not a bidding war, but a buyer frenzy, mm-hmm. um, kind of a bidding war, but not really yeah. um, get that going. Like we just did an open house. Uh, do you remember when the open house was? And I was on the literally, I was getting people calling my cell phone. <laughs> like we were so inundated with leads or buyer buyer leads calling about this property and um, it's crazy. So that's why I close on them so I can do that. Mm-hmm. When I'm wholesaling, I don't typically like to 
creative frenzy like that. Just maybe it's just me being paranoid because I have had people when I've you know my first couple years in who would go around me snake or try deals. to snake the deals. Mm-hmm. So that's it still why happens close. in here. Out here, yeah. Uh, what would you do if the market takes a dip? Uh, buy cheaper. Simple. <laughs> it's a really simple answer. Yeah. People complicate it, you know. But uh, so you talked about your why a couple of times. Yeah. What is your why? You know, a lot of people bring up family, and uh, I definitely one of my whys is helping family. But mm-hmm. the truth is, helping family is is your duty. You know what I mean? Yeah. You were born into your family. If you have the gift of entrepreneurship, of being somebody who can be relentless. Um, and this is something I love about Carlos, Sal, Alex, um, pretty much everybody I know who I'm friends with. But I love the fact that they go out there and help their family. But that's a duty. I don't really think I can call that my why. Mm-hmm. For me, I think my why has been honestly helping. to, And I'm not going to take credit for people creating income in their lives for themselves. But watching somebody, giving them the tools to go out there and actually kill it and become their own boss and like mm-hmm. ch- see their mindset change, their belief change, watch them start to create consistency and stuff like that. That's my why, I would say, because I feel like you can impact 100 people. Those 100 people can impact a million people, right. not just by giving money, because we give money, we donate toys, we give food, stuff like that. I'm talking empowering people who want to be empowered. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Giving somebody that step up. And that's kind of honestly my why. And honestly, let's be honest, our whys change every month. You know what I (laughs) mean? So, um, but that's my why, at least been my why that I've noticed has really juiced me up. Yeah. Well, and I can definitely relate to that because between owning the brokerage and training the people in our office, but since we've been doing the podcast, having people reach out. Dude, you're killing it. I mean, you're making a big difference. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. I don't know if you guys know, but he literally has this professional studio. I don't know if you make any money from the show or not. Probably not. Um, And he spends money on the show to give you guys free content. Like all I do on my YouTube channel, which I don't even post (laughs) as much as I should, is hold a camera up or do a webcam. And this guy's out here being professional, inviting big people, dedicating his time and his energy I mean, I'm sure you've seen it come back to you in bounds and, you know. Oh, it's come back in other ways for sure, you know. Um, So, yeah, but thank you for that. Uh, So, Max also wants to know, Cash Buyer Data Fee, is that the one by Cameron Dunlap? Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. So, Uh, What is your biggest struggle right now? That was something that Brian Sammons was asking about earlier. So, my biggest struggle, again, is, well, let's be honest, it's always shiny object syndrome. I mean, (laughs) like I was telling Brianna the other day, I'm like, man, I don't know if I, you're always wondering, are you doing the right thing? And I think that question is brought up by seeing other people or other people trying to impose their will upon you, Yeah, which is okay. Everyone needs to give you advice. You need to filter that advice out. I love that. But what I'm saying is if you start to literally take every piece of advice as a, I need to implement this right away, it'll create massive confusion. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think holding on to what you truly want and the vision for what you want, I want to be able to, at 2 p.m., till four or five, go out and ride scooters with my wife, the motor scooters. You know, I want to take my dogs <laughs> for a walk. I want to be able to play Xbox on a Thursday at noon if I feel like playing Xbox, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to be a slave to my business. And I knew that from the start. And so I know a lot of people around me are building a big business and they're doing it the way I see a clear path to, show up to an office, work 12 hours a day, hire as many good people as I can get and may, maybe gradually move myself away from that, but I'm 22, man. I mm-hmm. just, I don't wanna, some people say, don't waste your life, your early years resting. 
I don't want to waste my early years slaving away and creating stress in my life. You yeah. know, let's be honest, man. A million dollars a year in income, that's a lot of money. You know, you can buy, we can buy, I literally was begging my parents to let us buy them a new house. You know, it's like, like I know where we go from here, but I'm going to build my business in a way that doesn't require me to basically give my life away. Yeah. There's so much pride in, you know, sacrificing everything and giving your time and all this. And yeah, for the first couple of years, great. But well, that's the difference, right? I, I think today versus 10, 15, 20 years ago, like Tim yeah. Ferriss talks about, I mean, you're at the four hour work week. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically it, right? Yeah. I've got these people overseas working, creating an income for, for their, for themselves and their families. And I don't have to work. Right, their much. life is better because you're able to do this and they yeah. can, they can, they have a, a steady exactly. job out there. Exactly. What is your superpower? My superpower, I would say, is uh, I would say networking. I mean, I know a lot of people. I have a lot of relationships. Um, sometimes that hurts me because I rely on relationships or you think that relationships are going to bring some crazy new angle to your business or something yeah. like that. Truth is, you should just all be leveling each other up and continuing to grow together, yeah. you know, in your own ways. So, yeah, my superpower is, is relationships. Um, also, I'd say it's... it's uh, it's following my direction because even though I am confused a lot on exactly which direction to go, we mm. all are. Yeah. I do follow what I know to be true and what I need to do for myself and my family. Yeah. You know, I say my family cause I'm married, you know? Yeah. We don't have a bunch of kids, but it's my family. Right. So I'm watching out for my family. Um, and you know, just trying to follow that direction. So I'd say that's another one of my superpowers. Otherwise I'd be slaving away, man. I mean, I'll be honest, like that first couple of years in the business, mm -hmm. but I don't want to go back to that. Yeah no need to. Uh, what's the greatest lesson you've learned? <sighs> greatest lesson I've learned, consistency is key. So, you know, you will make up so many excuses in your mind on why you can't make something happen or why you haven't gotten results from a specific thing. Mm -hmm. Could be working out in business, could be, you know, you think a marketing stream's not working out. Well, how many, how, how many times did you follow up with each lead? How many calls were you making each week? It's like realizing that consistency and following numbers week in, week out will get you results. That's what changed my life and one of the lessons I learned. Yeah. And I wish I learned it sooner because I was the guy who would drop 10 grand this month, next month, nothing, next month, nothing, then 15 grand, <laughs> just because I feel like things are getting slow and it's time to think big, you know? Kind of pop the well again. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I would do for the first couple of years. And yeah, I made money, but... There just wasn't that sense of stability. And yeah. some people might say, I don't have much stability in my life because we're always traveling. We're always doing a bunch of fun stuff. Truth is now I finally have business stability and I appreciate that. It's come from building a team, knowing my marketing budget each week, having a plan as to how many leads we should be getting based on last week's numbers and doing deals. Yep. I mean, where I'm not involved in them. I so, love it. Yeah. Uh, so William Gates wants to know, where can I find your course? Well, first of all, I would check out everything Steve's got going on. I'm, I'm not here to plug a course. Watch my YouTube videos. See if you, you know, resonate with my message. See if you like some of the stuff I put out. Um, and I have a link in all my YouTube videos and on my Instagram. So go yeah. follow me on Instagram. Go follow my YouTube. And, uh, you know, if you have the money, go do it. Because obviously there's – I jam-packed as much value as I could in there yeah. for anybody who wanted to learn. And there's a virtual wholesaling section in there. I just spit all over the mic. Jeez. 
There's a virtual wholesaling section in there too, because yeah. I have you know not a unique model. I kind of learned it from Mark Evans as well. Mm -hmm. You know the virtual stuff, um, but you know I laid all that out there as well. So I'd say go watch the YouTube, watch the Instagram, see if you vibe with me, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite, best, or most interesting failure? Oh man, most interesting failure. Well, honestly. Obviously, we've all, all had those marketing streams that or those marketing campaigns that I've totally dumped. Like I remember, so Carlos, I don't know if you know of him, yeah. but um, it was like a, maybe a year and a quarter after it was in like April of 2016. And I dropped this massive campaign in uh, in Seattle and Portland, Oregon, thinking I'm going to do these big deals, right? <laughs> right. I'm a JV with my buddy, Joe, and do these big deals. And like a weekend, two weeks in, I've only got like 10 leads from this. I think I spent 15 or 20 grand even on that campaign. And I was just laying, Carlos, I don't think he had quit his job yet. He worked as a, as a like title guy or mm -hmm. whatever. And he, he didn't want to quit his job. And I, I, I feel like um, we talked him into it eventually, but he helped massively in that moment because I was depressed. Like I was laying on their couch in their little office. Um, I think I, maybe he quit his job. I, I don't know why that matters, but it yeah. does because um, so with these guys, we're all hustling is what I'm trying to get at. We're mm -hmm. all in that hustler mentality. We hadn't quite made it yet, but we were doing deals. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so we're all in that room together, just kind of realizing, shit, we're, we're going to hit these days where we just dropped 15, 20 grand and you feel like you're not making, you're not going to make any money. Like, you don't, it hurts to lose 20 grand, you know, oh, definitely. when you have 60 grand in the bank, that's one third of your, of your net worth that mm -hmm. you think just was torn down the toilet. Now you don't believe in it enough to put another marketing stream out there. Yeah. So yeah, I would say that was one of my most interesting failures just because I just remember sitting in that room, talking it out and kind of just being in that, that startup phase all together, all of us, they were starting their real estate business. They've been doing pretty well too. Obviously they've taken off now, Yeah. but, um, you know, and just, I don't know, those are just the memories you won't forget because it's just different than today, you know, where you're at yeah. kind of a different level. Well, you just remember what it used to be like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, what book have you gifted more than any other? Thinking Real Rich, for yeah. sure. I mean, to be honest, you know, I, I, my goal was to finish the Bible this year. Uh -huh. It's funny. I read all these like money books before I read the Bible and I'm almost done with the New Testament. I love it. Um, and I'll start gifting that because I realize that reading that will make a difference, wh whatever you believe. Because, mm -hmm. you know, there's like altruistic principles in there no matter what. Oh, there's um, some great wisdom in there. Great, wis great yeah. wisdom, exactly. Yeah. So, but thinking grow rich is something that I think if you read it and you come into it with a broke mentality, you actually read the book with attention and it will absolutely change your life. So that's what made me at 16 start becoming wealth conscious. You know, you hear it in the book, becoming you read wealth thinking conscious. You were 16. Yeah. Man. I was very lucky, man. That's <laughs> that's the one thing. Like I got into network marketing and I heard of Thinking Real Rich. And then once I read that, I don't know. It's just like they talk about the pattern that you won't really realize mm -hmm. until you realize it. You know what I mean? The mm -hmm. pattern is you pick a goal, you follow it with relentless pursuit, use auto suggestion to keep your faith, you know, use God, whatever your means are to find faith in your life and just follow through with a strategic plan. That is the formula in Think and Grow Rich, and yeah. it works. Right. So. Awesome. Uh, Herlin wants to know, have you tried ringless voicemail? I have. Um, I don't like it as much mm -hmm. uh, just because you don't get, if anybody who's done it, you don't get a, a like a big portion of leads comparable to the amount that you drop. So number one in your list, half of them might be mobile numbers, and those are the ones you can drop to RVM mm -hmm. to, right? Right. So of the, of the half, 
you might only get like five, 10 leads out of 10,000 RVM drops. And some people are cool dropping 10,000 a day to the same list. I'm like, you know, there's legal ramifications and stuff. I'm just not the person who likes taking risks. Yeah. Some people like to cold text sellers. I don't do it. I don't really like RVM. I've tried it. I didn't get as much lead volume as I do cold calling. And you know, it's not that the cost, the cost per lead on RVM, our cost per lead cold calling is typically around 25 bucks for mm -hmm. a decent lead. Um, sometimes weeks it's as low as 15, some weeks it's as high as 35, but it's, it ends up being around 20 to 25 bucks. RVM, it's around 40 to 50 bucks, but it's a higher quality lead. Um, so we have done deals from it, but I don't do it consistently just because of the legal, legal ramifications. Yeah. Some people consider me to be a wimp. It's the cost of doing business, but you know, I don't know. I just haven't played around with it much. I don't, yeah. I don't feel confident enough about it. Well, there's going to be some changes by the by the uh, uh, FCC yeah. at some point about yeah. that. Uh, if there's, is there any one thing you want to leave the listeners with? You know, um, I would say don't change life based on maybe what you heard in today's talk or based on what you heard in other talk. Realize that real estate, specifically wholesaling, whatever you want to do in real estate, is a path to wealth. But you got to figure out what do you want your business to do for you, not what should you do for your business. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like me, I decided I I want a business where I can make a really significant amount of money without working much. I created that. Took a lot of hard work. Took a lot of grunt work. Um, but it's here now. You know, right. I got a good team. Um, you got to decide. Do you want to be the biggest dog in the pond? Good. Go play big. Go open up an office. Go 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 go. Don't stop. You got to decide what you want. You just want 100K a year, 50K a year even. And you're working once, you know, you're doing one deal every month or two. You make 50K a year. That's the average salary in America, right? Right. And you you can work an hour a week doing that. No Absolutely. joke. You just take a bandit sign call every week. You do one deal a month. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's crazy. So figure out what you want from your business. Realize wholesaling is a real thing. It does work. And take action. That's what I'd say. That's awesome. That's an incredible message. And I think re really relevant because, you know, sometimes egos and pissing contests get in the way of things. Yeah. So. Don't get me wrong. I have a big ego. Trust yeah. me. I have a really big ego. <laughs> and that's why I'm always having shiny object syndrome trying to think, oh, should I do this to do this and that and that and get my name out there and this, you know, I have a huge ego. Mm -hmm. We, I think we all have a little bit of ego in us. I think you have to. You don't. You're a very humble guy. Uh, I appreciate well, that. Uh, we don't know each other really well yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just brown noser right now, yeah, I guess, yeah. right? No. Um, no, but yeah, we all have ego, but you got to follow what you truly want. Yeah. So I think I think that's really, really important to, to, to know. And then, you know, don't let Jalen fool you. The course is good. I mean, I've heard from multiple people Thank how you. great it is. So it's an incredible value. So definitely check that out. Uh, if someone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to get a so, hold of you? Number one, YouTube. A lot of people ask the same questions. Mm -hmm. That's why I ended up creating a course in the first place. Yeah. So you're, you're talking, what lists are you going to hit? What, how many times should I follow up? Blah, 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 blah. If it's a personal thing, hit me up on Instagram. Shoot me a message. Yeah. If you got some personal issue, maybe I can help in some way. Shoot me a message. But if it has to do with real estate, watch all of my videos, all 50 videos. Watch all of his Real Estate Disruptor podcasts and then listen to a ton of podcasts after that. And then maybe ask a real estate question. Yeah. Or buy the course. That's why I have the course. You know, <laughs> right. if you're broke, I understand. But that's why I have a free YouTube channel for the yeah. broke people, you know, who want to piece everything together. So. Awesome. And then, guys, don't forget, uh, next Thursday is our monthly meetup. So Jamil Damji is going to be talking about uh, – he's actually going to be opening the the curtains on, on how Keegley works, how they're wholesaling 70 properties 
a month. It's nuts. And he crazy. I got a sneak preview. They yesterday. are big dogs right there. They're big dogs. I got a sneak preview yesterday. And I was like, man, how can anybody compare? Like, with what they've got going on and stuff they're tracking is just freaking Dude, nuts. That's what I'm talking next level. Next like, level. If not- you want to be that guy, you can be that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they kill it. Yeah. So I'm excited. It's next Thursday, McFate Brewing, Scottsdale, uh, and McDowell. Thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you. This was Thank you very much, my friend. Awesome. I appreciate I'm it. sorry if I was like branching. I haven't eaten. And you know what, how it goes when you haven't eaten, you yeah, know, and yeah. you woke up pretty early. So. Cool. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.